Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Wednesday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Clay Travis joins us in 20 minutes. Hit the headlines throughout the show. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, just go to YouTube, search out Outkick, hit subscribe, like, share it with uh, your friends. a lot of YouTube subscribers now. No doubt. A big uh, increase in YouTube subscribers. Big thank you to all those who watch. And and you can all watch all the great shows on demand uh, and and live, for that matter. You get the alerts, set the alerts there. YouTube chat's been active also, which is good. So interact. I I will pop in there and respond at times. Was it Penelope? What's her name? There was a Penelope Vasquez. Oh yeah, that I suspect is someone in this company <laughs> that is <laughs> trying to catfish. Uh, just based on when I mention the name Penelope Vasquez, magically Penelope Vasquez appears there, in our YouTube chat. She will um, momentarily. There is an alley that is currently uh, in the YouTube chat that I suspect is real. Okay. Unlike Penny, who I call I call Penelope Penny. By the way, we have a little wow. inside joke. You know um, each other well. But yeah, no, it's it's a lively chat. So. Step in. Great chat uh, headed our way right now. Bobby Carpenter joins us. We talk college football, NFL draft, and more uh, with the former Dallas Cowboy, Ohio State Buckeye, and now you can catch him on SiriusXM Channel 84. Follow him on Twitter at bcarp3. Bobby, great to see you, man. Uh, one of the best backdrops, period, among all guests oh, yeah. is Bobby Carpenter in his home office. How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, how has your wonderful Wednesday been? Solid. Solid. Yeah. Taylor Swift is coming to town here in Nashville. I think she's in Atlanta and headed this way. Back to back to back shows at the stadium and hotels are packed. Hard to get a reservation anywhere. And Sixth and Peabody is jammed with people that are getting here early on a Wednesday for a Friday start. Would you like to see Taylor Swift live, Bobby? Go ahead. Coach, I'll be there on Friday night. So, um, will you really? Yeah. I've, fully abreast as we were trying to plan our car service and figure everything out and how that was all going to work. Uh, we were initially planning on staying the night, but we're just going to go down and back quick for a, a quick trip. But it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good over there, over at the Titan Stadium. Should be a fun one. Are you being serious? Are you, are you, are you, I, I can't tell if you're being serious now. Are you really going? No, I'll be there Friday night. Yeah. That's Cinco awesome. Mayo, but who, I'll, we, uh, who, I'll see you here. Who, is, this a, is this a family trip or just you solo uh, with the guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy, boy, boys trip with the Swifties. No, it's uh, it's not really a boys trip. Kind of a neighbors and friends trip. My wife and her, uh, one of my good our neighbors, good friends. That his wife, their birthdays are both on the sixth. They kind of like Taylor, but it's mostly for his three daughters, my daughters. We got some friends going, uh, so we've got a nice little crew of like eighteen people that'll be heading down there, and. You know, tried to book Saturday, couldn't get it, it was packed, uh, all sold out, so we were able to get Friday night and still get back here to be able to watch the Derby here on Saturday. So pretty excited about that. But yeah, I know it's uh, it's slammed. The ticket prices are ridiculous. And like I said, we spent you know trying to get car service after the show, which is just going to – the lady laughed at us when we talked to her like two weeks ago. Yeah. She said it had been booked up for months. So thankfully we were able to get it. 
at least a couple of rental cars that we should be able to have the ability to get out of the stadium and get back uh, to get out of there. What Bobby's saying is I will not see him on Broadway on Friday night based on the crew. Uh, and on the price... No, he, on, I, look, uh, Bobby, I'm being completely honest. I, I am jealous uh, of, of oh, this wow. right now. I would love to go see Taylor Swift live. Oh, I thought you and I think anyone, service. I think anyone who claims like I wouldn't watch Taylor Swift live is lying. They would go. Like I, I understand not paying a ton of money for a ticket, but if someone handed someone a ticket and said you can go watch Taylor Swift tonight, oh. most everyone would go watch Taylor Swift. Am, am I crazy here? Of course you'd go watch it. Hutton's saying he yeah. wouldn't. I, I would hate I mean, the people I would be around. Not 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 the show, but the like Bobby and his family. You'd hate being around them. Bobby what knows saying, what I'm talking about here. I, I'm with you. It's going to be a lot of teenage girls. This is not a Kenny Chesney uh, show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different vibe. I, mean, I love going to concerts, and so to go there. Say, you know, I saw Taylor. Okay, that'll be good. T Swift. This is about one off. Her uh, one of her her guitarists is actually, I believe he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Big Buckeye fan. So. Uh, excited down there, you know, to go see him. I got to meet meet the whole crew. They did a performance up at ESPN right before COVID and everything. They did it at the Seaport, so I got a chance to talk to some of uh, the band as they were coming through. So I got to find that out. It's amazing all the people you see in music and like how big of sports fans they are. And then you find out like either the college or the professional teams that they cheer for, and you know they're, they're all about it as much as you're about the music. So I'll go see her. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll go see her again. Uh, but this is nice. Like I said, I have a 12 year old daughter and this is a lot of her birthday present. And then it's like, you know, a little bit of a girl's trip for the ladies um, as well. Bobby Carpenter with us. Uh, he'll be in Nashville on Friday to see Taylor Swift. And Hey, we, I thought about this earlier in the show. We're, we're Chad and I are discussing how refreshed and younger Aaron Rodgers looks, right? He's, he's, he's actually showing up to OTAs and he's throwing the football how much of this do you think is the new location and the new team versus just getting a haircut? Because you would be able to relate to this, Bobby, the haircut and the youthful aspect that comes with that um, versus your playing days with the long hair. I'm, I'm curious, is it the haircut or is it the Jets? I mean, I think it's a haircut and a shave. I mean, he's kind of trimmed <laughs> up the beard a little bit. You know, he's, shaved, you know, he's got, when you get older, you're a little gray coming through there. So he kind of trimmed that down. It looks a little better. You know, obviously trim the hair up. I think honestly, that's as much of it as anything. You know, he he did look like he was, you know, out there on naked and afraid. You go in the <laughs> darkness retreats and everything. Yes. You know, you just be kind of become one with the wilderness and one with the woods. You start looking like a woodsman. You start looking a little weathered and and tired. But now, there he is. Gosh, there's Bobby there with the, the long hair. Yeah, and the mustache. My wife really <laughs> loved the mustache. I mean, the long hair was was palpable and intolerable, but you know the the. Mustache was not at all, so <laughs> that had to go for before our wedding day at least. But you know, Aaron, I think there is whenever you you start somewhere new, and I played for a couple of teams, and I talked to guys who even moved later in their career, and like you know, it's it, it's different. You get so used to doing something the same way. And I remember talking to Zach Thomas about this when he came to Dallas. He goes, it, it re-energizes you. You go into a new facility, and it's not just the teammates that are different because those guys roll through, but the training staff is different. Coaches are different. You have to learn a new system. You're in a new city. There's just a lot of, you know, new things going around. Heck, you're like a dog in a dog park, just trying to figure out everything that's going around and new sights and smells and activities and everything else. So there is that, you know, rush of energy. And it does, I think, reinvigorate you, which is what I'm sure Aaron's going through now. I mean, yeah, he's got some of his old friends that are coming along as we just found out they signed Randall Cobb. But, you know, outside of that, 
you know, he's talking throwing to Garrett Wilson. He's like, man, this guy's really good. He's a lot yeah. like Devontae Adams. That sounds great. <laughs> you know, working, trying to talk to, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's there, but hey, trying to find a way to blend, you know, systems of what we're doing. Are we going to do the exact same thing in Green Bay? What do we like? What are we doing here? So there, there's just a lot of stuff. And then you're in a new city. I mean, I don't know if you could have a more a juxtapose two different locations with Green Bay and then obviously New York and South Orange. Like that's about as far away on the spectrum as you're going to get from NFL. So Bobby Hutton and I both believe that the Texans got it right with C.J. Stroud, even after all the back and forth and all the speculation that they were out on the Ohio State quarterback, we, we really like the pick. What do you make of the buildup to the draft in regards to C.J. Stroud and how it suddenly became a huge shock when the Houston Texans, when his name was announced at number two? Do you think that was all legitimate, or do you feel like it was really C.J. Stroud all along and it was all just noise around him? Well, I mean, Houston may have been the one team that was probably hammering him as much as anybody. And you know, talked about they don't even need to take a quarterback there. And people are like, well, why is that important? Um, because I think people are on the presumption that they were going to take Will Anderson or 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 a, or a defensive player. And then all of a sudden you take CJ and then you see them trade right back up. And I don't know if they wanted anybody else to get in that bidding war. If someone loved, you know, Anderson to go up and get him potentially as well. So you know, there, there's that option too, where it's a lot of it's gamesmanship. And so once the draft is done, you know, nobody knows where all those leaks were coming from. Nobody knows what was said and who said it. Uh, it's terrible because you go through a process where like you have all this great film and that's why even Will Anderson Jr. People are talking about him not being the first defensive player taken. I'm like, dude, this guy, you know, there might be guys who have quote more of an upside, like higher athletic potential, but I just watched this dude play really good football for three years in a really good system, an NFL system with a very demanding head coach, has great, you know, no character flaws or nothing off the field. And then people are besmirching him as well. And heck, that may have been Houston too, talking about, hey, maybe we should go with this guy or that guy or like different guy, different players out there because they have bigger upside. In reality, Houston, I think, got two guys who are going to be cornerstones of their of their program on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You know, D'Amico Ryans and I came out together. You know, I, I followed his career, followed his coaching career. You know, if I'm him, like, this is the way I want to go. I want to make sure I've got two young guys who I trust, who have really good film. They're good football players. They have the physical traits that you want. Maybe there's guys that, quote, have faster 40s or longer arms or whatever the heck it is. But I've watched these guys play at a high level against top quality competition for a couple of years at least and have played it really well. And so I feel good about that moving forward. So the draft process, I mean, it's like this every year. I think it gets even worse with quarterbacks. Will Levis probably fell victim to it. But here, here's the reality too. I mean, the Colts, they talked about how he was their second quarterback. Maybe they liked him better than C.J. Stroud. And this is the crazy thing about the draft, gentlemen, is it's better to be one team's first choice than like eight teams' second choice. Because if they all get their first, then you just keep on sliding. So if Anthony Richardson, someone have came up and got him at three, or you know maybe the Texans take him at two, then maybe Will Levis does go four, you know, and like so that's just how this whole thing can kind of spiral and things can really work in a different angle than people thought. Like one change of a decision ultimately can impact the literally the entire rest of the draft board. Bobby, I, you were 18th or 19th overall in the draft. 18th. Um, I, I'm not saying that you were in this boat. 
Uh, in fact, I, I bet you were very good with your money because at the time the the contracts were not slotted, so you didn't know exactly what you're going to get. Do you? I mean, I, I will never forget being in the locker room. Pac-Man Jones held out, and then he got a fifteen million dollar check, and instead of direct deposit, he taped it on his locker the day that he actually showed up to the, his first practice. I'll never forget this. Is there a is there a moment that you recall like a rookie coming in and be like? Dude, what are you doing? Maybe they're blowing their money, or, or maybe they're showing it off way too much. And, I mean, nowadays we don't get those stories because I think the guys know what they're getting when they come in instead of negotiating and then bragging about it. Well, that's, the irony of it is in the NFL, and it's like this in all professional sports, it's really the only industry in America where everybody knows what everyone else makes. So it's not like if one of you guys shows up and you're driving a Porsche, you're like, man... Hutton must have got a raise. He must be you know, doing great. Show's on fire. Hey, look at this. They must be paying him. And the NFL, you're like, that dude's driving, you know, a $190,000 Porsche and he's making, you know, five fifty, not five and a half million. Like this guy's just a yeah. fool. He's yeah. not, he's not wealthy. He's just an idiot. So you kind of see that. And now the one thing that has helped a lot, and this I think is going to help with NIL. And as much as people dislike how that works, guys getting adept to dealing with dollars in the, tens and hundreds of thousands, which is not that that's small money, but it's small money relative to millions. And so they'll learn how to kind of deal with that. They'll have a little bit of money and then they go on to the next level. It's like, Hey, we've already got it. We've got an investment plan. We figured out what we want to do. And there's no reason for any of these guys to go broke. I mean, yeah, I work, I've got four kids. And so I tell my kids all the time, if your mom, if your mom and I would have never had any of you, I could have probably never worked again and just hung out and chilled and drank beers all day, worked out and, you know, went surf. I would have been kind of like Patrick Swayze in point break. Maybe I had to rob some banks every now and then, but I mean, that would have been the life. Sounds pretty great. So there's no excuse. So when I was there, there really wasn't the organizations that I went to, thankfully they drafted guys who were pretty smart, but I will say this, like one good story, like Anthony Spencer, we talk about the rookie dinners. He was the first round draft pick the year after me in Dallas. Um, you know, he played play an outside backer. They slid me inside. And, you know, he's a Purdue guy. And he came in, and I was just trying to help him out. So we go to the rookie dinner. And this is the thing. Like, you see those big meals. So I, like, stayed there with him. I think we even rode together because he bought a house close to me. So I'm like, all right, man, we'll, we'll go together. You know, I you know threw in, like, a 1000 bucks, got money from all the vets. So, you know, it was, like, eighteen grand, but he only had to pay ten of it. And so we're getting – all the vets get up to leave. I stay with him because we're going to go out later. And – he gives them his credit card and they come back and they're like, sir, your card got declined. And I'm like, Spence, man, what, what happened? He's like, well, I mean, I just got that card. I mean, I, I went to the bank, you know, they printed it off. They gave it to me the other day. Like, have you bought anything else on it? And he's like, no, I'm like, you think the first purchase they're going to let you have is $10,000 at Papa brothers in Dallas. Like they're not like, that's a hundred percent fraud alert. Like what are we doing? And then, so I ended up paying for it on my credit card. And I'm like, just get me back, Spence. I know, I know you're literally good for it. You just got paid. 10 grand isn't that much. And like a week goes by, I'm like, all right, Spence, man. Like, I'm not hurting for dollars, but I don't want this to like drift into like the end of the season. And I'm still like, hey, man, it's 10 grand you owe me. It's not like 500 bucks or, or 50 bucks. And so then he writes me a check. I give it to my wife. She goes to cash it or deposit in our bank account. And, she, and she's like, hey, the, the bank won't take this. Like, what do you mean? Like, I know he's got the money. She's like, he never signed the damn thing. 
And I'm like, Spence, how many checks have you read? He's like, not many. I'm like, you got to sign it, dude. Like everything else on there is meaningless unless you sign in the bottom right-hand corner. It's like the guys in there, Anthony Spencer was a smart dude. He went to Purdue, like out of Fort Wayne, like good family. And I'm like, but just now these guys are so much better educated getting there. So I don't think you're going to see, you know, the Pac-Man Jones stuff of the world anymore where guys come in and just BMF blowing money fast, you know, and carrying it around (laughs) in trash bags in Vegas. I'll never, I mean, you got guys like Kevin Mawai and others who are just, you know, on the other opposite side of the locker room coming in off of practice and in training camp and packages showed up and more power to him. I mean, he, he's got the check, right. But like it's taped to his locker as guys walk in and walk by his locker waiting on 32 to arrive. Uh, Bobby Carpenter has been our guest. Always great stories and uh, reminiscing plus previewing uh, college football and NFL and more. Bobby, thank you as always, man. We always appreciate the visit and uh, we'll catch up soon. Enjoy Nashville, the quick trip. And enjoy the luxury of a car service. Well, we want a full recap of your experience with the Swifties also. Yeah, do you listen? Oh, real on. quick, do you listen to Taylor Swift on the drive down, or is that not allowed? Oh, we'll be definitely listening. We've been listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with most of her old stuff, yeah, but like same. the new stuff, it, I, I've got to play it. So we've had it on Alexa. My wife's been playing it all month. She's like, if we're going to go and spend all this money going here, we got to at least know the song. So like her new pop stuff, I'm not necessarily as too up to date with. So we've been playing it. So yeah, we'll listen to more of it on the way down and and try to make a nice night of it. You're more of a Romeo and Juliet era Taylor Swift fan. Tim McGraw. Hearing. Yes. Believe me, the, I didn't realize this is a whole thing. Like people have outfits planned and like, well, what album are you going to be based off of? Like style. <laughs> and like, this is the girls. This is what they're doing. What's your like answer? my daughter. Like, it's, I don't know any of that crap. Like, this is just so far above my head and pay grade, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> If you guys have girls, you you understand. If I, not, I, have, like, I have two girls, and trust me, I understand. My my daughter's favorite artist is Dove Cameron, who is a singer in the Descendants movies, and we were listening <laughs> to that entire album on the way to school today. So, trust me, I, I know that. That's let me let me also tell everyone out there: far worse than Taylor Swift, <laughs> Dove Cameron, Taylor Swift, a lot more talent and better songs than Dove Cameron of the Descendants. So, I I feel your pain, Bobby. Love it, guys. Bobby, appreciate you, man. Thank you. There's Bobby Carpenter. Follow him on social at bcart3. Hopefully, he'll post a photo. I hope he gets the, dressed in his favorite era. It's yeah, the eras his, his tour for Taylor Swift. Favorite album. You got to pick an era of Taylor Swift's career, and I, I hope he dresses I'm in that the, era. Uh, John Mayer short-lived era of yes. Taylor Swift. Uh, who else? The Calvin Martin, the DJ guy. I mean, Wasn't she with him? No too? idea. Matt turned around like he was going to answer me, just and then he just, he just stared at me. Wasn't us back in the Calvin day. Calvin Harris. Thank Harris. you. Calvin Martin, Calvin Harris. And who's the dude she just broke up with? So she could write more songs? Some jabroni. Who knows? So do you buy into the fact that like people like Taylor Swift or John Mayer, they can't be happy in a relationship because they need to write more material about being sad about the breakup? I feel like I, they, I they, think, they have to create that. I think they're also both earmuffs to all the Taylor Swift and John Go Mayer ahead. fans out there. Just both so incredibly self-involved sure. that they could never, ever be in a relationship they have to write it on something that yeah, it's always to going to be. There's two people that everything's always going to be about them, with John Mayer and Taylor Swift. So <laughs> just those, two. they're just going to be miserable no matter what, right? Because the yeah. moment they feel the least bit shunned or disrespected or not totally happy, it's going to be a big dramatic thing with both of them. Never, and it'll lead to a song. Never unhappy is Clay Travis. He joins us next on Hot Mike.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clay Travis with us as we welcome you back to Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Clay, hope you're doing well. Doing well. How are y'all? Doing Excellent. great. So, Clay, help us uh, decide something here. We just had this conversation with Bobby Carpenter. Total hypothetical. If I came to you and I said, Clay, I've got two tickets to one of the Taylor Swift concerts in Nashville this weekend. Would you like to go with me? What would your response be? You and me, like me and like another man. Well, yeah, like uh, you just, can go to this concert. Like we we have good. I have good seats. <laughs> you want to go to this concert? Doesn't have to be with anyone yes, with, in particular. With but yes, it would be with me. Uh, I yeah, I would one hundred percent go. Um, I mean, I think assuming. Thank you. Assuming that I didn't have something else booked, you know, like I've got stuff on Saturday. I think uh, Friday, I've got stuff booked, but. Um, you know, if I were free, I mean, I don't, I, I like big shows. So, uh, you know, I, I think if the seats are good, it's a huge <laughs> spectacle. Um, you would, I'd a hundred, you're going to buy the tickets. You, you totally agree with me. Hutton's Hutton's on the outside where I, he says he would not want to go to be around that crowd, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's Taylor Swift. It's a huge star and it's an enormous show. So I'd like to go see I, it if I'm handed a ticket, I'm not going on my way to try to spend a bunch of money to go, but if you're going to give me a ticket, I'd love to go. That that's my thought. But too. Clay, am I am I crazy of thinking like I don't? Uh, to me, a, a, a great concert doesn't include teenagers crying as she takes the stage, and uh, I would be with Chad in this situation too. And I'm thinking, yeah, this this is no Kenny Chesney show. Well, look, I mean, I've been to a Taylor Swift concert before, and I actually paid to go. I mean, Warren and I went. <laughs> um, so uh, I I I I don't uh, I don't have any uh, any problem okay. uh, with Taylor. I actually um, I actually think she's pretty talented. Um, oh, for sure. And uh, I've always respected uh, the fact that she writes her own songs, or at least takes uh, credit for writing them. Right. And uh, um, I, I think you know her. She's going to be if she's not already a billionaire. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I'd 100 percent go. So think about it from this perspective, too. What other artist on the planet today can do what she's doing? There are artists that can go and do multiple nights and sell out arenas. She is selling out stadiums on multiple nights and doing it within a three-hour radius of the next stop. From Atlanta to Nashville to Cincinnati uh, to Kansas City. I mean, across the country, she's doing this. And, I mean, it, it is sold out in minutes, and they add other shows to it. I don't know if there's another artist on the planet that can do it today the way she's doing it. Yeah, look, and and it's not only selling out multiple nights in a stadium, which is pretty incredible in and of itself. It's also, I, I think, as I was talking about this with a friend yesterday, and you guys may be able to look it up on StubHub, but I think the cheapest get-in price for a lot of these concerts in Nashville is $1,000 to sit in the very upper deck. So 
it's not only that she's selling out the stadiums, it's that there is a monstrous demand that is not sated by the even three nights in the stadium. In other words, I don't know, what is that? You know, 200,000 people nearly uh, who will be able to go to those concerts three straight days in Nashville. Yet there is such demand that it's nearly $1,000 just to get in to sit at the very top of the stadium, yeah. which means in, in many of these stadiums, I would suspect, Taylor Swift has actually got the most lucrative event to ever occur in the stadium. And by which I mean, I don't think it's ever been a get in price anywhere close to a thousand dollars, even for the biggest Titans football game of all time. And they don't play that same game three straight days. Right. So it's not only that there's a great demand, it's that the demand is in nowhere sated by three straight days of putting on the concert. $940 is the cheapest game price right now. Nine, and what, what for section? one ticket. What that's, section? That's upper deck. That's the last row. 940 bucks. Yeah. So your question, Hutton, was what current act yeah. you know, could demand that could level of, uh, of demand for tickets and sell out big football stadiums? And someone, this is the funniest exchange we've had in our YouTube chat yet, Someone's response was Michael Jackson. My immediate response was he is dead. Yeah, correct. <laughs> so that yeah. would not be a good answer for that. I don't know. I don't think yeah, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson today could sell out. From, came back from the dead. I think he would. Uh, I think it would be well received for a performance. I mean, I've seen. Uh, you know, I I don't even know who the country music. Maybe Garth Brooks. Uh, just because he's you've got to yeah. have like a long record. He's of, the one. Of, of fan base. Uh, to potentially sell out um, on any kind of level like that. Maybe Garth Brooks. Um, I'm not sure that there's any, you know, Beyonce. I don't think it would be anywhere near like this for three days. I don't think she could do it uh, before he went crazy. Uh, I, I don't think Kanye West could have done it. Um, you know, Jay-Z, I, I, I doubt it. You know, like there's just not that many artists. They would have to have performed for a long time in order to have that sort of, you know, I saw the Rolling Stones there several years ago, uh, which was cool. And obviously they've been touring for a long time, but there just aren't very many that could even sell out a stadium period. So Clay, when you're watching the NFL draft and you see Will Levis fall <laughs> all the way out of the first round and then leading into that Friday night, you realize, oh, wait, I'm a Titans fan, which you are, and the Titans could either draft Will Levis where they are or trade up and draft him. And then you see that the Titans, in fact, trade up to 33 and draft Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. What was your initial reaction? You know, I just I think the Titans exist in many ways to make me sad. Um, and so, uh, you know, I ranked uh, – I did not have Will Levis he was the one guy that I didn't want the Titans to draft at quarterback because I've watched him the past two years. And I just know um, how uh, much of a disappointment I think he's likely to be in the NFL. And I get that people fall in love with big arms and they fall in love with, uh, you know, all the measurables that guys, you know, sort of in the, uh, in the tight shirts and just the shorts without any pads, without any helmets on. Uh, you know, the underwear workout session, so to speak, that often is the NFL draft. And I just always want to come back and say, what did you actually do on the field? And it's not only that Will Levis, I didn't think performed at a very high level. It's that he didn't look that aware of, uh, of his surroundings on the field. You know, he didn't ever, in my experience, look like an elite, uh, uh, you know, uh, quarterback in terms of being able to process everything that was going on around him. 
And I understand people say, well, he didn't have a good offensive line. He didn't have uh, elite wide receiving talent, although I would push back a little bit on that. I, I don't think the skill position talent at Kentucky was that bad. He had great running backs. I think with Brown, he had at least one really elite wide receiver. Um, he came to the perfect team then, throw, Jeff, uh, Clay. Perfect team. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't throw that well under duress. And there's so many times in the NFL – as you guys know, where you have to throw from unnatural angles and you have to uh, make decisions in complex scenarios based on what the defense is doing in front of you. And there's just nothing I saw in college that that makes me believe that he's going to be able to do that. Uh, by the way, you guys mentioned uh, uh, YouTube. I want to give a shout out to anybody watching uh, on YouTube. I believe we're now, you guys can look at the number of outkick youtube subscribers we have but i think we're at basically seven hundred and twenty thousand youtube subscribers seven hundred and thirteen thousand to be exact right now uh, okay so we're going to at the rate we're advancing gonna hit you know 750 and then eight nine and get to a million which is a big deal uh so uh you know keep clicking like and subscribe uh the youtube growth for outkick right now is uh, is pretty extraordinary um, how rapidly we're adding people. Clay, would you bet on Will Levis or Anthony Richardson to actually live up to the expectations of each organization's thought process of why they selected them? Well, I think the expectation should be higher, frankly, for Anthony Richardson because he went fourth overall. Um, but the reality is it doesn't really matter where you draft a quarterback if he ends up a stud. I mean, that's the truth. So if you yeah. draft somebody a one, you want him to end up a stud. That's great. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if you got Purdy in the, the last uh, pick of uh, last year's draft, but the 49ers now believe that Brock Purdy is their answer. Uh, it doesn't matter. You're going to end up having to pay somebody a lot of money regardless. Um, that's why, to me, I would have preferred almost if the Titans had just said, hey, you know, if you look around at the rest of the AFC, and they don't have to say this publicly, but it's pretty clear the Titans' window is closed and there are a lot better quarterbacks. So I would have been fine with them, you know, sort of figuring out a way to get rid of Tannehill, Derrick Henry, as much as uh, I believe Derrick Henry is a Hall of Fame back. And just saying, hey, we're going all in for Caleb Williams, basically, to try to get the number one overall pick and you know start the rebuild process around him. Uh, they haven't done that, and it feels to me like they're kind of in that awful space where you never really want to be, where your team wins like you know six to nine games and is not that good, but not that bad, and you just kind of get stuck on that consistent wheel of mediocrity. Uh, which is where I think the Titans are and probably will be for the next several years at least. I haven't looked at the updated odds in Vegas on the AFC and AFC Championship to Super Bowl, but where would you put Aaron Rodgers and the Jets on the list of teams with great quarterbacks in the AFC and the the uh, ranking of Super Bowl or bust mentality? Kansas City is going to be there. Cincinnati with Burrow. All right. But, so, but, yeah, I mean, where I would you put Rodgers? You can run. Yeah, I would run through it this way. I would eliminate the whole AFC South, right? We don't have yes. any idea about C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Tannehill's not any good uh, in terms of being an elite quarterback. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, has shown flashes, but I don't think he's really in the mix, right? So let's take the AFC South uh, off the board. Um, let's go to the AFC North, which I think is probably – 
Uh, so I would put, let, let's start AFC East, right? I would put probably Joe Burrow uh, as the best quarterback in the AFC North, right? And then I would slot in in the second spot in the AFC North, Lamar Jackson. So yep. I would put those two guys there. Uh, and then in the AFC East, I would put Josh Allen in pretty solidly. Uh, so I, and I'm not ranking these guys, but I'm saying Josh Allen would be one of the three best, right? Uh, and then I'm not sold on Mac Jones. Um, Tua hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I would put Aaron Rodgers into that group, right? So that's top four. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not putting Deshaun Watson in because I, I just, at times he's looked great, but I don't think he's there right now. And certainly Kenny Pickett with the Steelers, when I was talking about the AFC North earlier, I wouldn't put him in there, right? So I've got those four. And then I think the best division for quarterbacks, honestly, probably the AFC West. And I think you have to put Justin Herbert, certainly Patrick Mahomes, that gets us to six. Russell Wilson historically has been there, but he was so awful last year. Um, I'll pull him out of, uh, of the equation right now. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, I've never been a believer in. So I believe Aaron Rodgers is one of the six best quarterbacks right now in the uh, in the AFC. But again, if you wanted to be aggressive, you could add Deshaun Watson, you could add Russell Wilson based on past history. That's a lot of really good quarterbacks yeah. um, in, in the AFC. And uh, and again, Trevor Lawrence kind of floating around around out there at the eight nine spot to me, you know, seven maybe at the highest. So I would put Aaron Rodgers somewhere around right now top six. And I'm curious to see how he's going to do with this team. They're so, plus 900, by the way, in Vegas. That's fourth best to win the AFC behind Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. And I wonder how many people are jumping on that right now, just based on everything. Well, I added. think a lot of people, you know, I, Aaron Rodgers is a big name, and New York is a big market, so uh, there likely is is not a lot of value probably on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets at at nine to one because there's so much expectation. But look, the guy's won four MVPs. If he plays at an MVP level, certainly I think on defense, um, uh, the Jets are good enough to be able to be a legit contender in the AFC East and then a contender in the AFC overall. I think personally it's going to be really hard to get into that top three right now, uh, which I would say you can put them in whatever order you want. But Mahomes, Burrow, uh, and Josh Allen, I think have to be the top three quarterbacks pretty much in the AFC uh, every year and Aaron Rodgers, 39 years old, maybe he can contend with those three. They'll have to play it at a really elite level to do so. Clay, your friend from Vanderbilt Law School, Matt Ishbia, who owns the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. Justin, sorry. Justin Ishbia is my friend. His brother, he and his brother, Matt, own the uh, own the Phoenix Suns. I gotcha. Uh, well, either way, both the Ishbia brothers, I thought with a really cool move, Diamond Sports Group files for bankruptcy, and they decide they're going to put every game on local TV, and it cost them millions of dollars to do this, but they did this for the fans and to grow the product. That's not something you're seeing a lot of pro sports owners do right now in terms of TV deals. I thought it was a smart move by those guys. Yeah, I talked to Justin some about I mean, you know, so Justin was my law school classmate, Matt, his brother, uh, I also know pretty well. And Justin, Matt runs the mortgage company. Justin is a really brilliant uh, private equity guy. So uh, he has been buying and selling companies. Uh, and I've been fortunate to be a you know small part of the monstrous amounts of dollars that he's raised for his private equity funds over the years. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the, the, I think we're moving towards a really interesting era. And I've written and talked about this for a long time where the cable and satellite bundle is collapsing. That is 
uh, I imagine that a lot of people watching this, for instance, on YouTube right now, they, they may not, and certainly even Twitter as well, they may not have uh, in any way at all a existing cable and satellite package. And if that is true, as I likely think it is, um, one of the things that's now rising in prominence is, oh, ABC, NBC, Fox, and all of the local affiliates, CBS, uh, that are out there being able to produce much larger audiences than a rapidly declining cable and satellite bundle. And so I think you're going to see as these regional sports networks are collapsing and the economic pressure continues to rise on the cable channels, I think what you're likely to see is more and more sports uh, either moving direct to streaming, uh, which presents some challenges, or going back to uh, traditional television. And I'll, and I'll just point this out. The NFL only allows Thursday night football and Monday night football to air on a non-free television network. Um, and that is because they want to get the largest possible audience. And uh, so far, the Super Bowl has always aired on uh, the largest uh, free you know, platform channels. And by the way, congrats to Fox for setting an all-time record for most viewed Super Bowl. I believe it's the most viewed television program ever um, in the, uh, the game between the Eagles and the, uh, the Chiefs this past Super Bowl in February. Clay, is it a good business decision for the Big 12 to try to tap into Mexico for international games, or is it a waste of time? You know, um, hold on, I'm retweeting the, uh, uh, this interview so people can watch it. Um, I, think, uh, I think it's probably mostly show. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that there's that much value to be gained from uh, any sports network going uh, into foreign countries. Uh, sorry, any sports league, college football, uh, I should say. I mean, I think there's a value for the NFL, if they decided to have an international team one day or the NBA or uh, major league baseball, I believe is playing in, in Mexico right now, those things can make sense because you may might have a franchise one day in those countries. Um, and I, I do think it makes a lot of sense then to be sampling your products for those audiences and helping get people aware of, uh, of your brand of your sport. I, I don't think it's likely that there's ever going to be a Mexican football team, for instance, playing in the Big 12 or anything like that. Um, you know, internationally, I saw where the Pac-12, which is closer to Asia than anywhere else, would you look at the number of international students that you get from some of these wealthy foreign countries and you can charge them a lot more money? So whether it's China, whether it's uh, Japan, you know, uh, the Koreas, wherever people have money to spend. I think that can make sense in terms of branding your university on an academic level. Uh, but from a sports level, I think it's mostly show. Clay Travis, Outkick founder, has been our guest. Uh, he joins us each Wednesday at this time. Clay, always appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, around here at Old Smoky and Yeehaw over the next couple days or so. Yeah, for sure. Um, appreciate y'all and hope everybody uh, has a good day. Yep, same to you. There's uh, Clay Travis. Always great to have him on. Great conversation as usual. Uh, his reaction did not surprise me on the Will Levis discussion. No, nor did his reaction on Taylor Swift surprise me. Clay's a man who likes big events, big shows, I mean, so he, he'd go. He did once sent, uh, sit in a hot tub with you for a photo op. He did. He's He's been to Taylor Swift too, as he said. I've, I've not been. Same. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy the show. I just wouldn't enjoy the 
what are they, Swifties? Swifties. Swifties. I did take my college girlfriend to a Justin Timberlake slash Christina Aguilera show I've, in the early aughts. But you're in that. I'm. I'm I would have gone to that. That was lots of people younger than me, though, and I was in college really? in that time. Oh yeah, that was at that concert. It was in that time, just like <laughs> what you're expecting with a lot of teenagers. Yeah, it was all pre-teens, I'm teenagers think, at the show. Yeah, I'm thinking like the TRL era would have been all over that show. Yeah, but I think that you know, college age, that you were probably not cool if you liked Christina by Aguilera? that point, or Justin Timberlake. Oh, well, I celebrate all boy bands, so <laughs> I don't understand the stigma. But I'm a Timberlake fan too. There what are others that are not Aguilera? as secure as I am that you know didn't like it. Coming up, we uh, take a look at the Hollywood writers who are going on strike and how that will impact Chad's life. Uh, <laughs> the, he's following this, I'm sure. Hello, uh, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> straight ahead on Hot Mike. So there's a writer strike in Hollywood, some 11,500 writers striking for the first time since 2007. That one lasted 100 days. Welcome back. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. 100-day strike. Uh, Seth Meyers, who backs the Writers Association, is saying that what they're asking for is not unreasonable. Chad, they want more money, of course. Most of the series here, uh, 20 episodes a season is what it used to be. Now it's, what, 8 to 12 episodes a season, if that. Yeah. And they're saying that impacts them. Plus, they're worried about artificial intelligence, which is intriguing. And it's going to impact shows like Saturday Night Live, Jimmy Fallon, Colbert. All immediately, the late night shows. Right? And then it would take a while to actually impact the big screen. Yeah. The hope is it'd be over sooner rather than later, but all the shows that are on or planned are done, you know, that are coming out yeah. soon. But yeah. all we're the gonna, Spider-Man 4s and everything else. We're going to see out. this six months from now. You yeah. know, there, there may be a little bit of a, a dark period of no new content six months from now. I, I felt like this was something that happens like with the Olympics. Every four years, there's a writer's strike. I was surprised that it was 16 years ago was the last one. I remember it well. When it happened, but I thought it was way sooner than 16 years ago. Time, time is getting away from They me. are saying that the ascendant, this is from the New York Times, the ascendance of streaming services and the explosion of television production have eroded their working conditions. And they're striking on behalf of the survival of the writing as a profession, as it's a stake. It is at stake in this negotiation. What would happen Artificial if I, intelligence is what caught me on this. Well, that's scary. The, the whole thing about what they can do now. and Not having artists and creators is a scary thing. If, it, if a robot and artificial intelligence can now write shows, books, everything else, which they can, uh, it's pretty frightening. What if I crossed the picket line and decided to write a show for Netflix and pitch it right now? I've thought about this. When I a mean, writer strike happens, what if you and I came up with a really good idea and pitched it to streamers and said, in six months, you're going to have nothing. We will take half of what these other writers will take, and we want our show on, on whatever, on whatever streamer we pitched to. What if you to. crossed the line and said... And then did that, and it was good, and they're like, okay, We have sure. the 12 best comics who are not full... Like, it's not their full-time profession, right? Yeah. And they're going to write for SNL. Yeah. You know? But I, I just... Someone 
My point is, it's not every writer that's striking. There are amateur writers out there who could now pitch material to streamers. Yeah, good. And how bad would it look, though, if the streamers or the networks were like, hey, we are open for business. If you've got a script, if you've got a spec you want to send in or whatever, a treatment, send it our way and we'll look at it. Now's the time. You can get your show on this network or on this streamer. What would happen if they just open open up for business? I mean, what, what would happen if we went to uh, the the AI website, ChatGPT, and just typed in our 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 idea? Had that had the you know the technology write it we for can us do and better, we submit huh? that? We can do better. The human brain will always I, I mean, create. Better. Honestly, I mean, I think it's a lot like I think it's a lot like songwriting. Some of the dumbest songs become hits. You just repeat the same word over and over again. It doesn't take much of a thought process. Yeah, they, I mean, they they could create a lot based on everything that's been out there before, which is what, what, what humans do also to an extent. And it's what Hollywood's doing now. Yeah, which I hate. I'm tired of the Batman. Yeah, but at least there's not robots and AI writing <laughs> that it. We know it's, it's people writing it based on other ideas just, or writing sequels. It's uh, I'm fascinated by why they included this in their complaint. I'm for people having jobs. I, I'm very standard on this. I don't like AI taking people's humans' jobs. So I hope they get it figured out with the writers, but if not, Hutton and I are here to write a spec script for you. We could write a streamer. Comedy or drama? Both. Thriller? Dramedy. It will be both comedy and this is the start of our pitch. Picture it. Comedy, drama. We got it all. We bring it back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Hope you'll join us.